obedience, my little deviants. Together we will find the right ingredients. We will stir the brew that is the horror soup. And the last thing you will find is the spaghetti hoop. There's eyes and flies and anything that dies. There's a nasty surprise in every things and we do something uh, uh, completely different. You know, I said we we're going to cover Ken Russell's Altered States with Drew Barrymore, but I was notified by a listener on Instagram that there is, in fact, a modern take on people blowing up out of nowhere. So we kind of had to take a little detour. Uh, we changed courses. So, of course, I changed the topic of today's discussion. That's what I'm trying to get to. We are now covering Spontaneous from 2020, which stars Charlie Plummer, who I'm not familiar with at all. Um... I think that might make some people mad because he's from like some show about like a river or something or like a lonely river. Like I think he's yeah he's in Looking for Alaska. Yeah, that thing, Looking for a uh, River or whatever. So looking for like, to to your point though, I mean I know that I'm totally hijacking your whole fucking flow right now, but uh, you, we've made a lot of comparisons about this movie to movies like. Um, what was that? What was the one? What was the one you like? Fault on Our Stars. It's it's a lot of movies. This is very much the yeah. horror esque version of Fault in Our Stars. Thirteen Reasons Why. A lot, mainly just because of um, fucking Catherine uh, Langdon. I almost called her uh, Langenford earlier, and I was like, that's literally a completely different actress. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, Charlie Plummer's in Looking for Alaska, which is based off of a. A novel which the author of Looking for Alaska is the same author of Fault in Our Stars, John Green. Okay, okay, yeah. V- makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This was also written by and directed by the guy that wrote The Babysitter, too. So it has a lot of different feels that are very noticeable in the movie, for sure. Oh, for sure. I didn't realize that until you told me later, and I was like, that makes total sense because i was drawing comparisons to the babysitter while i was watching it when i was watching it i felt myself comparing it to ready or not a little bit but then i was like okay it's kind of like ready or not sometimes but i was like a little bit more i'm just kind of thinking of samara weaving's character that she plays in a lot of horror movies right so then i started thinking (laughs) of the babysitter and i literally just started wondering while i was watching this i was like is this the guy that like did he have some affiliation and then sure as how i looked it up and it was one of the only horror movies that he'd done he wrote the babysitter there you go did he do the sequel as well? No, he didn't. Um, the director, actually, oh. the director of the first one took over and wrote and directed the second one. Interesting. That's not the movie that we're talking about, but that's a very interesting tidbit. Yeah, it's a little thing for sure. But this is starring also Catherine Langford, as I said a little minute ago, not um, Langen, Langenford. I think Heather Langenford is the actress I'm thinking of, isn't it? Langenkamp. Lang- Langenkamp. Oh, that's what I said. Now I'm mixing it up. God, why do I always do this? <laughs> I do this very consistently. But you're, yeah. thinking, you're thinking Nancy. That is exactly what I'm thinking of, and I'm so out of whack that I'm, I'm getting very off of what I'm actually you know, when you first said you told me that Catherine Langenkamp was in the movie I was like oh shit is that chick like Heather Langenkamp's like daughter or niece or something like because that'd be kind of badass and then all of two seconds later I was like wait no Langford like I messed nope, that up nope, never mind <laughs> 
But yeah, she is a Hannah Baker from 13 Reasons Why, and I'm going to argue that she is also Hannah Baker from 13 Reasons Why in this, and just so everyone knows, I'm only going to call her Hannah Baker in this for the rest of the movie, <laughs> just like I did with Brad Dorff in the last Exploding movie. This is Hannah Baker. Well, I have a problem with that because I don't know what a Hannah Baker is, so... Yeah, see, we came at this movie very different. Okay, I mean... I didn't I didn't come at this movie at all. I don't know about it. I know. I know. This movie's <laughs> going to be very interesting because I feel like it's going to be heavily uh, carried by your feelings about me making you watch this and switching um, our original choice of Altered States, which you were excited for. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> And also, I mean, I was excited for it, too. I had full intent. Fuck you, Caleb. I had Fuck full you, intent listeners. of watching this. Fuck until, you, Spontaneous. Until the day of recording. And <laughs> I had to switch it on James because I knew it was like right when I woke up or something. I was like, oh, oh no, God. no, I think it was right before. I think it was right before I went to bed. Someone messaged me and she was like, hey, did you know that there's kind of like a modern take on this? And I don't even know if she listened to the episode yet or not because it, it was like right after it came out. But sure. she was like, yeah, there's actually like a modern take on this kind of like where people are blowing up and whatnot. Yeah. It's called spontaneous. Combustions. And I was like, yeah. So I was like, okay. And this is different. It's more like people blowing up at a uh, spoiler um, for Ready or Not coming right now. It's kind of like people blowing up at the end of Ready or Not, you know? Yeah. It's not. It, we don't get the explosiveness that you get in spontaneous combustion with Brad Dorif. There's no fire. No. There's no 90s lightning. It's still very satisfying. They're pretty good. I, I will say that, I mean, the kills in this movie are the part that I enjoyed the most, for sure. I would say there was a lot of explosions, and you know what? They one-upped uh, spontaneous combustions in terms of explosions. There was a lot more. I mean... For sure. I would say the ones we saw was probably close to the same number as all of the explosions, like, in general, in spontaneous combustion, but... Right. There was still a lot of them, and there was, like, good montages of people just blowing up, which is always fun. Great montages, and they they allowed themselves to get creative with some. Like, there was, I don't know if you remember the one where, like, someone kind of, like, blew up, like, above a stairwell, and then all the blood just came rushing down. Like, that was fucking sick. Like well, I mean, <laughs> the car scene, I'm not going to talk too much about it right now, but the car scene that comes up right. later, I think that was... Like, incredible. Like, I have no complaints so well about that. Done. That was fucking... All, that was everything that I, like, hoped a modern take, uh, like, of this would do something of, but I didn't think it would get there, and it got there, so... Yeah. I was I was pretty satisfied with this, honestly. Like, I knew it was gonna be weird, and it's a... Uh, okay, I should start off by saying that this is a romance comedy horror, which I also think is probably a first for the show. Yeah, it might be. I kind of knew what I was getting into. I felt like immediately I was like, okay... This is going to be some kind of like indie love story with people also blowing up. But I feel like that's kind of what we were talking about almost when we were saying that a modern remake of Spontaneous Combustion would be very different. And I mean, this doesn't reference Toby Hooper at all. This doesn't oh. reference Brad Dorf. It doesn't reference yeah. like Spontaneous Combustion. It's very different. They actually try to reference like Carrie a little bit at one point. Yeah. But. I, I, that, that is a missed opportunity. They should have mentioned Toby Hooper at some point, but... <laughs> it's a very different kind of spontaneous combustion. Like, you know, I think the Toby Hooper movie, it delves into a lot of, like, the sci-fi side of, like, the pseudoscience of how spontaneous combustion actually works. This doesn't really get too much in the weeds on that stuff. You're just like, oh, this is a thing that's happening, and you just gotta move on. It's never explained. Yeah, which is Which is fine. I'm not upset by the fact that it's not explained. Like... 
in this specific universe, the way they handled it totally works. I have no issues with that. And, you know, you said something to me, too. Um, you said this was kind of Riverdale, and it's funny because uh, there is a chick from Riverdale in this. Is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Haley Law is in this, and she's um, Valerie Brown from Josie and the Pussycats in Riverside. Oh, I mean, in, shit. In Riverdale. She's Val. Okay. This kind of has all of the recipe for just exactly what it is. And I don't know. I know I'm, I'm going to spoil it for everyone. James did not have a fun time. He did not like this. Um, but I like this kind of a lot, too. I, I Not like a lot, a lot, but I liked it a lot. If I saw this when I was in high school or right after high school, it might be my favorite movie. But when you look at it through the lens of an adult, this is the most annoying film filled with the most annoying characters. And I want them all to blow up. I want to see them all die. Every single last one of them. But that's kind of the point of this one. Like, So they kind of gave you that for the most part. Nope, because the most annoying one's the main character. And spoiler alert, she survives. You know what? I'm glad that Hannah Baker got to live. Because on my side, you know what? I know her from 13 Reasons Why. And she's kind of the same thing in this. Like, Not only is she the same character in this, but she's also narrating the story the whole time, which is the same thing she does in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, is she the girl, is she the girl that dies in 13 Reasons she, Why? Yeah, she is the girl. Oh. So, you know, in this... So you got to see her die already. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, that's not how, and you know what, if you watch the show, I'm sure many people are very hurt by that because it's oh, a lot. Oh, I know. I know it's supposed to be, a, it's a very serious and and dark show and a very, I from what I've been told, realistic portrayal of, uh you know, suicide and things like that. I know it's not something that I should joke about, but I'm so angry at spontaneous that I might be making off-color jokes about this character dying and i'm not sorry look it's something that you can joke about because i got a semicolon tattoo years before season two of 13 reasons why came out and then it came out and now everyone is like oh hey you watch 13 reasons why and i'm like motherfucker <laughs> so i'm like yes that's the only reason <laughs> i'm just a big fan <laughs> It has no deeper meaning to me whatsoever. Just a really big fan of season two. But on that note, in season one of 13 Reasons, Hannah is pretty much gone the whole time. I only get to see her from afar. So uh, Hannah Baker is in this. And the way I saw this movie, I was like, you know what? This is an alternate dimension. And now she is alive and everyone is around her is exploding. So you know what? I get to see. Uh, you know what? To me, if you look at this in a weird way, this is... Um, this is like season four of 13 Reasons Why. I think there was only three seasons, if it's I like remember a, right. It's like a 13 Reasons Why fanfic. Yeah, it's like an alternate universe where Hannah survived, but for some reason, uh, people are blowing up around her. And you know what? I'm I'm here for it. That's kind of how I watched this movie. <laughs> and I had I don't know if that's how, you're, how it was intended, but that's how I watched it. I feel like if I had that information and I had the knowledge of that show going in, I might have enjoyed the movie a lot more. The main character being Hannah Baker definitely did one-up it a lot for me. But again, I it, it, it would probably... Okay, this will probably come as a surprise to some people. I mean, I've hinted at the weird stuff that I like. People probably understand that I like a variety of things by now, but I am a sucker for uh, indie romance movies. I have a soft spot for them and like fault in our stars like we mentioned uh james said he doesn't like a scott pilgrim versus the world which is weird um i love that i love 500 days of summer i love perks of being a wallflower i love pretty much like every movie like for the most part in that category like there are fine lines there are some that i really hate but the ones that i really love i really love and i feel like this falls into that camp just with a horror twist and yeah i'm fine with it yeah, and I can I can definitely see that. 
And I loved every movie that you mentioned when I was five years younger. But at some point, you grow out of that. And those things that you thought were like cute and endearing and even deep whenever you were 25, you're like, no, that was just them being an asshole or them being a bitch. And that was stupid and selfish. And fuck that movie. You know, I agree with you because, I mean, I do still see a lot of that all the time. And I mean, I... In a lot of these movies that I mentioned, I don't agree with the general consensus of like, oh, this person or this person, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, for and 500 Days of Summer, like, I mean, obviously, when I was younger, I was like, oh, fuck you, Summer. You didn't want to be with fucking, uh, fucking Levette, you asshole. Joseph Gordon, Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me, Zooey Deschanel? Are you kidding me? You're going to do this to my boy, Levite? But, like, nowadays... I'm like, no, like, that's not, Summer told you exactly what she wanted from the very beginning. <laughs> she uh, was completely, she laid everything out, and then you just didn't understand that, and you got to move on. Like, my perspectives on these movies are very different than they were, like, when I first watched them, for sure. But I still love them for just different reasons, I think. I, I don't know, I guess I, I, I like the quirkiness. The, quirky, the quirkiness of this movie is that people explode like a fucking lot. And I know why you hate this movie, James. It's because Hannah is that quirky, popular, but also keeps to herself girl that's just like, it's a weird stereotype that's in a lot of these movies and also just a lot of people in general. People who think they're just so fucking different and special and it's like, hey, you're just as fucking quirky and different as special as the other girl that said they were quirky, different, and special. Or guy, I'm not, it's not a gender-based thing. It's not like a, it's not like a woman thing. Like, it's like, you know, the hipster bastard guy that you knew that only drank IPAs and wore, like, clear fucking, like, Coke bottle glasses. It's like, no, fuck that guy. Like... But this character isn't exactly that. This this, this is, like, a different subset because it's not full-on hipster. It's, like, kind of in the mid-range of it where you're kind of hipster, but you're also not, but you're kind of just, like, your own weird, like, you're popular, you're not popular kind of entity. It's a weird thing to explain, but it's, like, I mean, just... Back to Scott Pilgrim. It's Ramona Flowers. It's it's fucking yeah. summer. It's the chicken perk. Uh, the dude in being. I don't remember. I, I actually don't remember Perks of being a wallflower that much. <laughs> I just remember liking it. I, that's one I haven't rewatched, so maybe I don't like that anymore. I probably do. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that there's a there's an arc that people go on in life, and maybe people hit that hit hit the different points of this arc at different uh, ages, but like. I have gotten like maybe I've got maybe I got old too fast. That's definitely an option uh, because like I'm just at the point in my life where there's none of this like this is this is a coming of age movie. It's it's a it's a it's it's a blossoming into adult finding your way fucking what's that movie with the guy who goes out into the woods. I forget what it's called. It's like it's like. Evil making Dead. your own <laughs> yes actually the first evil dead is kind of a coming of age movie you're not actually wrong. yeah i guess it is yeah <laughs> especially if you put like ash versus evil dead into reference uh, so like all of that stuff like i'm at the point in my life where i guess like i've gotten to the point where i don't i i care so little about like f like discovering right, myself do you, want, do you want me to short shorten this for you okay it doesn't apply to you it doesn't apply to me. This movie doesn't apply to me. <laughs> I'm to the point where I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks about anything. I just do whatever I want, and I don't need to, like, discover myself or find myself. Didn't you tell me that you, like, I know what you did last summer? 
Yeah, because it's just a fun, stupid slasher movie, not because of some fucking underlying pretext. And that's the worst thing about this movie is that the character doesn't You really evolve. think that Jennifer Love Huge Tits wasn't coming to age in fucking I Know What You Did Last Summer? You really think there wasn't an underlying stupid story to that? No, because the movie wasn't smart enough to even try to do something No, else. I'm not saying they did it well, but I'm saying it was like <laughs> it was there to the best of their terrible ability. Like Kevin Williamson flopped on that. I don't know what like. I love Kevin Williamson, but those movies, shit. You know why I watch I Know What You Did Last Summer? Because there's a fucking guy with a fish hook, and there's a bunch of crabs in a trunk. Like, that's why I watch it. That's all of two minutes of the movie. Those are the best. That's that's all that it matters. None of the, none there's of the rest like of it matters. There's like an hour and 28 minutes at least aside from that. That's terrible. That's fine. I don't give a shit. I'll still watch it for the hook hand of the crabs. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, Leonard dies with those crabs, and you, you barely even see that. It's like two seconds, and then you see his hook like twice. All right, so the movie opens up. It opens up on a classroom, which is great. I love horror movies that have a classroom scene. Obviously, tons of them have. Are they all paying homage to Halloween? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. I think classrooms existed pretty much always. But like in horror movies, though, you know, like how often does the killer follow him to school? You know, I mean, we're getting close to like 50 years now. That's like five decades. Is it really just like can we really just say that every horror movie that has a classroom is paying homage to Halloween now? I don't want to say that, but like when when, when is the cutoff when it's like people can just make movies that involve a classroom and it just is that. But here we go. Halloween Nightmare on Elm Street. And Scream, right off the bat, three of my top-tier movies all have scenes in classrooms. Yes. So what what happens immediately (laughs) after we open on a classroom? They do not shy on the blowing people up. Someone blows up like... (laughs) Hannah Baker's just talking. She's just like, yeah, so I got this life. You know, these are my 13 reasons. Boom, someone just blows up next to her. And she's like, and that was the 13th reason right there. People blow up right next to me. Um, I will add, that's another thing that I found extremely uh, annoying about the movie is just the narration. And not just because of her. So so not that because it switches narrators whenever they're like doing flashbacks and stuff like that. Wait, does it? Who else narrates? Dylan. Is it Bob Saget? (laughs) Remember when they just tossed Bob Saget in to narrate Ted Mosby? (laughs) Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ted Rand or Josh Randor? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why does everything have to be fucking Ferris Bueller's Day Off, break the fourth wall? I'm going to look directly at the camera and talk to the audience. I'm like, I'm over this shit. Like, uh, You know, I will say they didn't do that a lot, though, but the couple times they did it, I do think it was pretty necessary. There was a really good time that they did it. I'm not going to spoil it right now because it's like the one of the biggest parts of the movie, I guess. But um, All right, so this girl, Caitlin, she blows up. Like, not fire explosion, just like... Actually, they, they they specifically say later, they're like, hey, Caitlin blew up. And they're like, what do you mean she blew up? She blew up like a bomb? And they're like, no, more like a balloon. <laughs> and that is what happens because at one point we don't see the explosions for a good while. But when we do see one happen, like right in front of us for the first time, it kind of looks like it starts from the upper chest area. And it kind of just like, they they do, they just kind of pop. Just rip it. Was that just CGI? Because it's just it's kind of crazy. It looks pretty good. Like it oh, doesn't I look think bad it's, at all. I think it's all CGI, and it's just because they never really let us like look Focus at it, on it too, too long, except for like the one later on. Uh, was this? Do you know what this was rated? I'm just curious because the gore isn't that intense. 
So I feel like it could be 13. It's not, but I feel like even just from the couple straight-up explosions we got, I feel like they would have been like, it has to be rated R. And didn't th they said fuck a lot. Oh, you're right. They do say yeah, fuck Yeah, so lot. this is definitely rated R. They said fuck definitely more than twice. Yeah, it's rated R for sure. Yep, definitely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now we get introduced to Dylan, who uh, we mentioned his name a second ago, but he's going to be Hannah's love interest in this. Cause like we said, it's a romance. I'm going to this is what's probably going to make some people listening to this episode mad, because, I mean, I'm sure a few people are going to stumble on this, not specifically looking for a horror podcast. They're just going to be looking for an episode about this. And we might bug you a little bit because I'm going to skip on a lot of the romance stuff. Like I'll kind of like, you know, go on with a little bit. But really, even though I do have a love for a lot of these movies. They pretty much all have the same formula. They, like, you know, have, like, these really nice moments where they say, like, they have little inside jokes and quirky little things they say to each other. Like, they have cute moments, blah, blah, blah. They slowly fall in love, you know, this, that. It's it's the same formula, so I'm going to skip, like, a lot of the the, the nitty-gritty, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Um. before before we get all the way into that, they, after, after Caitlin blows up, they send all the kids to, like clean themselves clean her blood off of themselves and uh like change into fresh clothes and they give them all these just like plain like sweat suits like a fucking crew neck sweatshirt and and sweatpants and it like i know this is only because it's in like the zeitgeist of pop culture right now but like that happened and i was like okay squid game <laughs> everybody's wearing these same matching like jumpsuits all of a sudden i was like whoa the fuck's going on here I guess the timing's a little <laughs> bit off, but yeah, we could do Squid Game, I guess. That's fine. I mean, we, we should you can't mention things that Holy are very shit. talkable because I just finished Squid Games the other day. Yeah, I know, sorry. I shouldn't talk about it at all. But could you imagine a Squid Game, but when you lose, you spontaneously you combust? Up. I that would have been a good take on Squid Games. Instead of shooting that like the shooting them definitely added a certain yeah. level of, you know, to it, but you know what? If they just blew up, I I would like that. I would very much enjoy that. <laughs> That'd be great. I want to see that. Yeah, I, can we fund that? Can that be season two? Can they find some way to just like put a chip in your head that just fucking blows you up? Yeah, just. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love to see it. They're like, yeah, we've stepped it up. You just blow up now. The system recognizes it. <laughs> so like, even if they do a thing like the the tug of war game where like a whole yeah, team yeah. is gonna die, they just as soon as you know they're gonna die, they all just start blowing up. As they're they're midair. They just start blowing yeah. up. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I'm fully for that. Can we fund that? How do we crowdfund that? <laughs> Donate to the Patreon so we can make a movie. Squid Game 2. Just take the name. Squiddiest Gamiest. Okay, you lost me. Anyway, we get introduced to Dylan, and Hannah is on mushrooms, and she invites him to the bathroom. She's like, hey, you want to come puke with me? Because he, he introduces himself to her. He's like, hey, so, uh, you know, we're all kind of blowing up. I like you. Uh, I feel like I could say that now since I might blow up soon. So uh, you want to get this going? She's like, yeah, okay, come help me puke, and then we'll see how this goes. And then uh, I do really like the line that he that they said at one point there, because <laughs> Dylan's just talking to her, and he's like, yeah, uh, I saw her uh, regard, regarding uh, Catherine. He goes, I saw her dad scratch the stick figure off of the back of his car. He's like, I always wondered what happened to those when someone died. <laughs> 
there's a couple of good lines here because shortly after that is whenever uh uh Mara brings up that Dylan's dad is dead. And she's like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, didn't yeah, your yeah, dad yeah. get get crushed by a pile of manure? And he's like, No. <laughs> he he had a heart attack. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought he said, and I was like, it sounded a little bit off, so I was like, did I just mishear this? Because that's very different, but, you know, it's fair. I like rumors, I guess. They're fun. Yeah, apparently Dylan's dad was a farmer, so he's, like, a weird farm kid, and his dad died from a heart attack, but, like, the, the school rumor was that his dad got crushed in a pile of manure. I mean, like, it doesn't sound very far off. <laughs> I could see it happening. I wouldn't, like, second-guess it. I see how rumors get spread now. It's people like me that allow it. I also will say I do like how they use this uh, spontaneous combustion event as a vehicle to, like, push Dylan forward of, like, oh, shit, like, like he's recognizing, like, I could die any day. Like, you could die any day. Like, I live with no regrets. Like, that, that kind of vibe. Like, I respect that. Yeah, have you seen A Fault in Our Stars, the movie that I've been uh, referencing this entire time? No, the... because it came out and I was over 25 and I wasn't a fucking child. So no, I didn't watch that stupid teeny bopper shit. I don't think you were 25 when A Fault in Our Stars came out, were you? Let me see. I think it was like 20. Oh, no, it was 2014. Okay, so yeah, you were like just shy. I was 24. Yeah, um, okay. See, 19, so you were 19, in that co- you 1990. Could, see, you could have seen, seen it. But it's different. I got married at 19, so I was basically like 30 <laughs> by then. The point is, it's the same story. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I got respect for that. That's fine. I'm not mad at that. I'm, I'm still not angry at it yet. Okay, so I'm just going to move straight over to the football game because it's just kind of love stuff, like introduction for a while. Hang on, hang on, fine? hang on. You can't, you can't go straight to the football game. I want to go straight to the football game. You got to tell them about uh, Halloween whenever they show up in their costumes. Was that important? It's yes, kind of. So Tess is a witch. Dylan is a Quaker because that's their school mascot, which seems like a really dumb Halloween costume. You don't want to be your school mascot for Halloween. That seems like a very easy way to get bullied. Yeah, it's just it's a bad, bad choice. And then Mara is Carrie, but she came as Carrie without being covered in blood. Because she thought it would be in poor taste since Caitlyn just blew up. Okay, I guess that is a fair little thing. That's really the only takeaway I have from them being in Halloween. Like, see, that's the only reason I didn't write down some of this stuff, but that is very funny. I will give you that. I will give you that. Okay, so can we go to the football game now? Uh, You can go to the football game. Just know that before the football game, we get this stupid Dylan flashback montage of all the different moments that he knew he fell in love with her. Yeah, that's specifically what I said I was going to skip. Don't make me watch a movie and take five fucking pages of notes if we're not going to talk about it. You just got to know what to skip over. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So we're at the football game and a football player, uh, you know, you know. uh... Nope, not yet. Not yet. We're at the football game and there are three guys on the football team. Okay, with very, very great and very fortunate last names. We love Cox. We love Cox, but they're <laughs> they're also stupid meathead jocks that can't figure out what order to stand in so that their backs read we love Cox, so they keep, like, switching around and they can never get it right, and it's fucking funny. We do love Cox. That is very fair. <laughs> and then I forget which one it was. We love or Cox. One of the three blows up. I think... 
I think it was we love maybe we Shit. okay maybe it could have been love i don't think it was cox because i think i remember cox being around later cox comes back later you're right yeah so it was either we or love but one of them yeah they blow up at the football game and it's pretty cool because you know they're all just watching it and they have this thing where uh dylan and hannah specifically mentioned they're like yeah we haven't seen it happen and they kind of want to see it happen but they also don't right and they keep missing it, so they're kind of just like, oh, shit, we missed it again. And then at the funeral, things get kind of hilarious because we find out that uh, the dude that blew up was gay. And that's not the yeah. funny part, but his football mates are like, we loved him and supported him ever since he came out to us in the sixth grade. He was our boy. <laughs> and we're, we're progressive, progressive like, like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was good. Come on, it was really like, good. Like, this these are the like little moments that made me love this movie because I'm like, that's funny as fuck. <laughs> it was really, really funny. I, I liked that part a lot. There is a part in this movie later, and like I know I mentioned like I know there are multiple episodes where I'm like, this made me laugh out loud. But I don't think people understand. It really does not happen as often as you would think, like, because obviously I just laugh ridiculously a lot of times in episodes. But when I'm watching something alone, I do not like burst out laughing as often as one might think. But I, I think it's like the 45, 50 minute mark or something. We'll get to it and I'll call it out. But I had to pause the movie because I screamed at the top of my fucking lungs just sitting here oh my. Like, alone in my house. Actually, I know exactly what it is in my head right now. Should I just say it? Yeah, because I'm not even sure I know what it is. Dude, later, like there's going to be a whole like FBI government thing going on, blah, 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 soon in the movie. Yep. One of the FBI chicks is going to come up to hannah later hannah baker when she is in a uh bad mood and she's like drinking and she has this bottle in her hand she drops one and then the de detective looks at her and then hannah's like you want a drink and then she chucks the bottle and it goes right into her <laughs> rear windshield fucking windshield yeah that's it pretty just funny blows up like it's <laughs> it's it very it was very uh rick sanchez of her I screamed, and it was just fully probably because I did not expect it, and it was just so, like, it was kind of just Trailer Park Boys, too. Like, it gave me, like, Bottle Kid oh, vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, it was very unexpected. I, rem I actually looked down to write notes, and then, like, the glass breaks, and I'm like, wait, how? Why? <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't because I was fully looking at the TV, and she just <laughs> fucking chucked it. It blew up. And then right after two, two, she has like a conversation with her parents. And then her dad's like, "Oh, why'd you? Where'd you even get the liquor?" Blah blah blah. And she's like, "Well, when I don't get it from you, I steal it." And then he's like, "Why, why would, would you, you tell, tell me, that? me that?" And he says it like in a very like Spencer Shay kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking sent me, dude. Oh my god. When are we gonna start the iCarly podcast? Uh, I don't know. It's just going to be a lot of uh, shitting on Dan Schneider. <laughs> but I mean, like, I'm down. And, I'm not opposed and, to and, it. And praising Spencer. Yeah, praising Spencer, praising uh, Jeanette McCurdy, talking about yep. how it sucks that fucking Dan Schneider and her mom ruined her life. And uh, But aside that, I guess we'll have some fun because Kyle uh, Carly's pretty awesome. <laughs> so I thought this was a kind of an interesting thing that we established. The first time a person blows up, Everyone is is pretty in shock, right? Like they end up like getting and running away because they're covered in her uh, viscous. But like, I know exactly what you're getting to. Why do they always just start running? Yes. 
James, I have the same note sound. I want to ask you the same question, and you built it up the exact way I want to build it up, too, because I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm watching this, I'm like, first time, I get it. You don't know what the fuck happened, you get the hell out of there. Second time, you're still kind of confused, you don't know what's going to happen again, but then by, like, the third or fourth time, when they're all fully, like, yeah, someone's going to blow up at any minute, like, they're all fully aware of it, why do you keep running? You know it's not hurting other people. Like, it's just, like, I know it's it's crazy, it's scary, there's a lot going on, but I'm like... Where are you running to? What are you Where running are you from? They always are just trying to get as far away as possible. I'm like, but what's the end goal? Right. Like, what's the end goal here? Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I just kept saying, like, it was. it's like that old vine. Why are you running? I can tell you right now you are not the only one because I was questioning that more and more after every kill, and it never stopped. They just kept doing it, like, 25 kills in. I'm like, I don't... Where are you going? It's not It's not that kind of contagious. It's not like the longer you stand around it, it happens to you. Like, at that point, like, no one knows what's happening. At that point, just do, like, a Buddhist monk thing and just sit there, like, legs crossed, and just be like, all right, I'm just going to wait till the explosions die down for a minute, and then we'll walk away and clean ourselves up. So... After after the football game and someone explodes, uh, Mara goes back home and uh, she finds out that they're not having any school because all no, these kids are I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. Let's go to the house party. No, we have to talk about this because God Dylan buys a car. Dylan buys a car. He does. Okay, yeah, we can talk about the ice cream truck. <laughs> Is an ice cream truck. It, it says, ice cream, says on the side. ice cream on the side. They call it a milk truck. He doesn't call it a milk truck. He says it reminds him of a milk oh, truck. Okay. Okay. I was like, why do they keep saying it's a milk truck when it literally says ice cream on the side? No, he watched like some or some album or music thing, some shit. It's I don't know some what it was. Bruce Springsteen thing, yeah. Oh, there you go. It was a Bruce Springsteen like song or something that referenced like the milkman or some shit. And he was like, it right. makes me think of that song. So he got it. But it's an ice cream truck. It's an ice cream truck. Dylan drives an ice cream truck, and I actually also appreciate that. I would love to own an ice cream truck. I would like, actually, when I was watching it, I was like, I would like to own one right now. And then I was also like, you know what? I It'd be great it. to like, fill with, like, recording gear. <laughs> and his reasoning made sense, too. He was like, I'm going to blow up, so I'm just going to get something to uh, get me wherever for the next few weeks, because I might blow up. Yeah, exactly. All right, we go to the party. Okay, so we're at the house party. Hannah Baker and Dylan are drinking, and they decide to go for a walk, and they get closer to each other. You know, they start kissing. They get interrupted by another explosion. And a bunch of people running. And a bunch of people running. They're all just running. <laughs> they leave the party, and I'm like, I don't know. Just keep partying at that point. Like, <laughs> If anything, more the merrier, you know, or the less the merrier. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at, at like point, I don't know. Like, like, I don't want to be like... Look, I don't want to be like that guy that's like, yeah, partying fucking dead people's blood. But at that point... You could blow up in the next five seconds. Keep fucking partying. You might blow up right now. I'm really surprised that there wasn't at least, like, one, like, high school character who, like, was that archetype of person. That would be me. Fuck it. Like, let's just go, bitch. Like, why is everybody running? Run another game of beer pong. Like, get it set up right now. Like, this might be our last game. Do anyone have a cigarette? This might be my last cigarette right now. Yeah, I'm really surprised they didn't include that. Yeah, they definitely could have done that, and it would have been fine, but, you know, it's fine either way. They all run away. So Hannah gets annoyed with all the frequent explosions, so she decides to buy some drugs, and this is when I started to get excited by the explosions because uh, not just one, but two of her friends explode in the car with her in the car on the fucking freeway. Nope, this is why you need me here, because you you don't remember this movie correctly. She's not just tired of the explosions and wants to go get high. 
She is sent on a secret mission by a cop to go buy as many drugs as possible and the city will pay for it so that they can test all the drugs and see if the drugs are what's making kids explode. She's literally being an undercover cop. That's what uh, Officer Agent Rossetti brings her and Tess in and said, hey, we need you guys to go buy drugs. We'll pay for it because we need to find out if the drugs are causing kids to explode. She's James Bond? No, she's not James Bond. She's a fucking cop. No, not her. Hannah's James Bond? Hannah's a fucking cop. She's working for the fucking cops. That happened? That happened. I think that was when I was eating my soup. It's fucking dumb. These are the little moments in the movie that are stupid, and they ruin what could be a great movie. Well, I was eating chicken noodle soup at that point, so I was doing fine. Okay, if I missed 50% of the movie, I might have liked it better. <laughs> Look, I didn't miss 50%, but I did miss uh, the secret agent thing. But but the but the plug the plug teenagers going to their storage unit to get all their drugs is great. I love it. Yeah, you know they're smart dudes. You know they're like, hey, yeah, I don't I don't have my drugs back in my house. We gotta go over here. <laughs> it was kind of weird to me though because they said they were leaving like the next day, like moving out somewhere else. So I was like, you didn't close down that storage unit yet? Like you're closing that real close to your cutoff date, right? I really like this whole thing because she's in the car with them. The driver explodes, and that sets up this whole thing where she has to, like, tell the girlfriend of the person who just exploded to get in the driver's seat and try to drive with blood all over the inside of the windshield and shit. So you can't right. see. There's also blood all over, like, the foot area of your car, so she's slipping and sliding everywhere. It's also her boyfriend's exploded blood everywhere. So there's right. a lot of things going on. And the and the car is still moving. Like, like we need to remember, the car is barreling down the highway. <laughs> They're on the freeway, which makes it great. You hear all the other cars around them, too. And then on top of that, she explodes. That's the first time that we see him happen like in quick succession like that. Yeah. And it was a couple too, which I also thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. And that's whenever you start like kind of questioning it, right? Yeah. That's when I start trying to unravel like, okay, how does this work? And then like I start thinking like, is it connected to Mara? Because she was present for all of them so far. I guess not really the one at the party, though. That's one that kind of throws a, a wrench into the theory, but... Maybe it's a certain, like, radius. Certain radius. I don't know. I don't know. But it, there was just a lot of circumstances uh, with this whole explosion, and then eventually the car ends up crashing. Uh, you think you don't really know what happens to Hannah Baker at this point, um, but yeah, after they blow up, she kind of just runs off to the uh, river to go clean herself, and then Dylan was, like, nearby, or she texted him or something. I don't know the logistics of that. I kind of just I think she on. was supposed to have texted him to come get her. <laughs> yeah, and like he was confused and he thought she blew up in there, but I guess she he should have assumed she was okay, but I guess you could blow up at any time, so he could have just assumed that she just blew up on the way any over. Anytime. This is when Dylan starts to ask too many questions and he starts looking a little sus to me. <laughs> this was around the time where I started to realize that Charlie Plumage either isn't a good actor or he's just like being a bad actor and that's his thing. And I know they're kind of one in the same, but <laughs> That was just how I was feeling around this time. Like, I feel like, and maybe that's part of the indie romance thing of, like, yeah. he starts, like, saying all these things and, like, asking these questions about, like, their future and, like, dying and all this stuff. And I was like, this isn't even romantic anymore. It's just creepy, bro. Like, just dial it back a couple notches. Like, you're being weird. It's The Fault in Our Stars. Okay. So this is a parody of The Fault in Our Stars, and that's how it should... This is... This is the scary movie 
of A Fault in Our Stars, and that's how it should have been marketed. I don't think you can market that. It's about, like, people dying of cancer. I don't think you should parody that, right? I'm not a marketer. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. I guess now that I'm thinking about this more and more, if this is a parody of 13 Reasons Why and Fault in Our Stars as much as I think it is, that's kind of bad, I guess? But I, I don't know. You know what? Whatever. Whatever. All right. What's next on my list? Because I know that you're going to skip a bunch of shit. We'll go to my list. Oh, shit. I mean, it, things things escalate very quickly right here. These are what, This is when the hazmat suit guys show up. Dylan is pretty overjoyed that Hannah's alive, and then while Hannah is changing into her clothes, just one singular hazmat guy kind of just pulls up in the middle of the shot, and you're like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, a bunch of them just start rolling in out of the forest. Oh, yeah. It goes zero to 60 in, like, no seconds. Yeah, so these hazmat guys nab them up. They take them to some quarantine facility to test on people. And then I gained a little more respect for Dylan inside of the quarantine because he said that they asked him a bunch of questions, including how many sexual partners have you had? And he said, uh, I told the truth. Your mom. <laughs> Actually, I this is probably skipping a little bit, but like they do a whole montage of these like federal agents talking to the teenagers. And most of the teenagers are like totally in this like fuck 12 a cab attitude and i kind of love it you're not skipping anything at all because that's the next thing i wrote down because i skipped Perfect. everything up until that point um yeah my favorite in all that montage was the dude that was like i want a lawyer over and over again and then the other uh chick that was just like hot i'd tap that in regard to like her explanation of each person that blew up yeah male female whatever like She's just like, I'll take on all of them, or they, yeah. whatever whatever that character's supposed to represent, but like, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, the government chick would be like, oh, so what do you think about uh, Catherine, blah, blah, She's like, hot, tap that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, what about Mr. Love, the guy, the football player? Oh, yeah. Hot. i tap, tap that, that. too. <laughs> so around the 50-minute mark, we get a little quarantine explosion montage, which was pretty cool, and then it's also Christmas time now, and I know, look, 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 I know. It's corny. But I kind of like that after Hannah Baker got home from quarantine, her parents were like, fuck it. You can smoke weed now. Here's some weed. You almost blew up. Like, <laughs> It's maybe the most realistic part of the movie. I mean, any self-respecting parent after watching your child go through what they've gone through, like, fuck it. Like, give them whatever they want to cope because, like, this is some real fucking shit. Yeah, I'm sure some parents or like even just people in general watching this and they were like what the fuck how are you letting uh your daughter do all this blah blah like you still gotta like lay down the hammer i'm just like no literally you're an adult now you can do exactly whatever you want i was gonna say she was already just like a few months from graduating anyway so like yeah you're a fucking adult you're a fucking adult at this point especially after you've seen what you've seen and she's been locked in quarantine for what months at this point, right? Like, yeah, that's probably true. <clears throat> so, like, they haven't been able to see her. Like, she's been stuck in this fucking bubble. Like, taking these these pills that the government's shoving down her throat. And now she's an adult, and her and Dylan have intercourse. They do it. And Dylan makes a double entendre joke about not exploding all over her, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. That's a good one. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm glad it didn't explode all over you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if there's ever a good time to use that, it's definitely when people are blowing up. Yeah, these, this is also where I start to ask a few questions in my mind of, like, what is this movie about? Like, is there some kind of 
like deeper meaning to the kids blowing up? Like, is it supposed to represent like, you know, the traumas that you face as you get older and shit like that? Like I start questioning those things that maybe there's a deeper meaning there. Honestly, I don't think that there is, (laughs) but it was something to think about. I think the deeper meaning is that when you grow older, sometimes people blow up. Um, I read online a few theories, some people thinking that it is like a kind of a stand in for like school shootings. And so like the emotions that Mara feels as she's kind of going through this journey and we see her, I mean, really go on a ride as far as her mental health goes and how that could be related to people with like survivor's guilt and things like that. Okay. Okay. I can kind of see that. That's a perspective. It is. It is. I don't know if any of that was intentional. I think it does work that way, but I don't know that it was intentional. I don't think it was. I feel like it's just people blowing up. People blowing up. I think there is no substance to that side of the story. I think it's supposed to be a romance story and like just pretty much that. And then aside from that, people are blowing up. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty quickly after that, it is Valentine's Day, right? Was that when uh, it was going like, what's love got to do with it? That, that song never played, but that's like how I'm describing the solo hoedown showdown in the barn with the lights. Yes, that's Valentine's Day. That was Valentine's Day? Okay, cool. Yeah, we're on the same page then. Yeah, so lovey-dovey stuff. Uh, we're over Valentine's Day now. They do lovey-dovey stuff. And at the hour mark uh, inside the classroom, we see an explosion from close up. This is when we finally see like how it happened. We see the dude pop and whatnot. And uh, yeah, this was when they, when I really, really started questioning like why people were still running away. <laughs> I Yeah, at this point, like you just kind of look over. Well, actually, even back when they were in quarantine, there were we had that that little montage of a few of them exploding in quarantine. And there was like the one kid that explodes, like while they're still in their sleeping bag. And like, so all the, all the juice and stuff's just in the bag. Like, why is everybody flipping out? Like, you know, it's happening. You know, you're all quarantined together and some of you are going to explode. Like, I mean, yes, it's, it's traumatizing. I can't say that it's not, I've never actually watched a person blow up, but like you would think like you'd get used to it after a while. (laughs) And to that point, too, uh, when they first go back to school and they're in the classroom, there's one kid that's wearing, like, full BMX, like, biking gear, and he thinks it's somehow going to protect him from blowing up on the inside. That dude fucking cracked me up. I I loved that character. That was a good touch. He was so over the top. And he kind of blew up in the same way that that sleeping bag guy did because he kind of just blows up inside of his outfit. Inside. And then, like, we see it, like, fall, and it just looks like like an emptied shell of a person. (laughs) Yeah, just a sludgy person shell. Because there's nothing inside except sludge. It's great. Yeah, see, those are those points that I that I just really like this. I'm like, you know what? You know, sometimes you're watching these indie romance movies and you're having fun, but sometimes it'd be better if there was like a human slushy. Uh, whenever, when you word it that way, I, I like it more than I did. <laughs> I will say it's that. It's a good way to look at it, right? Yeah, like if I'm going to have if I have to watch this type of movie, I would much rather do it while I'm also watching kids blow up. Exactly. See? Um so yeah, that guy blows up during the like classroom blowing up montage, which was like what, 15 kids? <laughs> It was a lot of kid. A lot of kids blew up right here. You kind of just and they're running in like every different direction after they blow up. Like one person blows <laughs> up, they run a different way. A person blows up, they run another way. Yep. Like you would think it. that there was a slasher after them, like with a button, just like pointing it at them, <laughs> just like doing like a red light pointer. And if it hit you, you'd blow up. Yeah, that's uh, that's that that that's what happens. And then there's a there's a big story moment right here. 
Yeah, there is. Um, but I do want to say that around this time, it was really hard to keep with the kill count, and I kind of just went off of splat noises. Yeah, same. But yeah, you're right. Things do take a turn right here because, uh, well, after BMX guy blows up, that was when Hannah kind of got separated from Dylan for a second, and they get back together, and uh, Dylan and Hannah reunite. Well, and they immediately do a close-up on their faces, and I was like, okay, yeah, so... I think someone's going to blow up right now. Yeah, something bad's going to happen. <laughs> and someone did blow up right now. Uh, they did it pretty well, too, because it kind of just... It has Hannah staring at Dylan. You can see that she's looking at him, and then all of a sudden the screen just goes red, just a solid red color. I mean, it's uh, it, it reminded me a lot of that scene from, like I think it's like the first episode of The Boys, the Amazon superhero series, where like the guy who's basically the Flash just like runs through this girl like whenever her boyfriend's yeah, yeah, about yeah. to propose to her like it really reminded me of that of just like you know you're like there it's like this really intense moment and then just never mind yeah just gone there you go he's done and it was actually at a weird time too because it was still like a good probably like a good like 45 50 minutes left in the movie yeah i thought dylan died f a lot earlier than i expected a lot earlier. i actually got spoiled by this Oh, really? Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I went on IMDb, and literally there was only, like, four pieces of trivia, so I got spoiled immediately. It was like the spoils... You know how the spoilers are right under the trivia? Well, it was all on my right. screen. So, like, yeah. I kind of just got immediately spoiled, and I was like, all right, cool. But then he died way earlier, and I was like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, I mean, I fully expected one of the two of them to die at the very end of the movie, and yeah. for him to die where he did was really surprising to me. I do fully think that not only did he die early in the movie, but I also think... It wasn't worth it. I think they should have done it like 20 minutes before because I feel like a lot of the stuff they did kind of dragged after he died. Like, obviously, it was very emotional and very good. Like, they set up a lot of stuff pretty well. And, like, if you're wa definitely, like, if you're watching this for completely, like, the romance side and stuff and the horror is just, like, an added bonus, then I don't think they really did anything bad toward the end because it's all that right. like, emotional, like, romance stuff, blah, blah, blah. But just in terms <clears> of, like, a, it being a little more horror, I'm like, okay, it could have been an hour and a half instead of an hour 40 if... You just played that out a little differently. Well, and also the one of the things that I, I did just hate about the movie, like this, this is one of the things that I just absolutely did hate was there's multiple like montages throughout the movie where there's just no dialogue. And like sometimes it's like because an emotional thing is happening. Sometimes it's like because we're just trying to show Mara being a badass and like we're going to shove basically a music video of her just being cool into the movie. And for me, I'm just like, Hey, cut all that shit out and like make this a short film and call it a day. I agree with you. I think this would have done really well as like a, not exactly a short film, but a 50 minute hour long movie. Yeah. Like some, like just not a, not a feature film. I honestly, I think that they didn't intend for this to be a feature film, but because it is a screenplay that's based off of a book, the publisher giving them the rights to use the story is probably like, no, this has to be like a real movie. Like it can't just be like a little thing that's on Netflix. If this is one of those things on Netflix that was like three 45 minute episodes, you know, like a little mini series, I think it would have been better. I, I, I get what you mean, but I'm also wondering, like, how much more could they have dragged out the emotional stuff and this, that, blah, blah. I feel like it does. When I think about about it in, like, that sense, I feel like it worked well the way it did. But there's just so much buffer. And even with, like, three, you know, 
35 to 45 minute episodes, the movie would still end up being shorter than what it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, if they were about 35, yeah. If they were 45, it'd be a little bit longer, and that's where you lose me. Yeah, but I mean, you, you also have to include, you know, like, fucking uh, recaps and all that kind of shit. There's a lot of stuff that you, like, replay and stuff. Like, it does it does eat up time, and I don't know. I just think that, like, as a sh- as something that's not as long as it is, it would be better. And I think the biggest way to do that is just to get rid of the pointless montages. Because I think you had to add the montages because the publisher said, no, this has to be like a real movie that people like put in theaters because we own the story. That's what I think. And then also, I guess we didn't really talk about that, but this didn't come out in theaters because it came out October 2020 when all the theaters were closed. I feel like they probably intended for it to be in theaters because it had a $17 million budget. But yeah, I don't know how well it worked, turned out, and I don't know. I wonder if this guy's going to direct another movie after this. This is the only movie that this guy's directed too. Yeah. Well, also, it was it came out October second was when the release date was, and it said it had like a limited run or something, whatever that meant. I don't know if any theaters were actually open at the time. It could have been were. a few drive-ins. Drive-ins. Yeah, that's right. It could. Actually, I think I do remember it playing at our drive-in. I think I do remember that, um, huh. and I didn't. I didn't go. Uh, that's a really good point, but I think that this movie being exactly what it is and being like the kind of horror light option for October moviegoers who want to see something spooky, but maybe not everyone wants to see something that's like really intense and spooky. This could have been perfect for that season. Look, I think it's a good happy medium between... 500 days of summer and ready or not <laughs> as weird as it is to say yeah okay there's still i feel like there's still a lot of movie that we have to go through kind of a little bit uh, okay on what we were just talking about i already know you hated hannah baker's cocktail recipe th- scene right? absolutely hated it absolutely hated it i'm gonna tell you why i didn't i did hate it i did i hated it right up until she said i call this the all my friends and boyfriend are dead <laughs> Now, now, if she left it at all my friends are dead, then that would have pushed me, like, right to the edge. I would have liked it if it was just called all my friends are dead. I would have liked the scene more. It would have been perfect if she did that. It was good. I feel like maybe they just tried to, like, subtly hit it. But if that was a little Uzi reference, then you got me. I'm sold. I actually know that one. Look at me. I actually know that one. Also, what was up with Haley Law basically being like, fuck you, Hannah Baker, get over your boyfriend dying. But like, she stole that little patch on her forehead. So I was like, I'm pretty sure he just exploded like a day or two ago. <laughs> like, oh, I get it. You know, like she was a drunk and like going crazy and whatnot. But I was like, I'm pretty sure it's been like two days. Like she's very much still grieving right now from her boyfriend blowing up on her. I did think the uh, and and again, I guess this is the part that I really don't like is just like the the teen drama, angsty, moody part. And I thought that the division between the two best friends was just not necessary and just forced. Yeah, I do like that it wasn't too much, though. Like, it wasn't, like, I guess what you said, a division, but it was very small. Like, it wasn't really like, a, like oh, we're not fucking friends anymore. It was more like, it was well, a Well, she spat. thinks it, like it a... is. I mean, she's on a drunken bender, so everything probably seems a little bit more intense to her right now. But, I mean, she definitely thinks that it, it's it's like, yo, we're done. That's the thing, because she goes, I'm not going to get a beach house with you now. No, you're getting the timeline wrong. She didn't even tell her about the beach house till later. Oh, really? Yeah, she told her about the beach house. Remember, like, five minutes before she was going, she was like, look at this beach house. She was like, I'm going tonight. 
No, before that, that's because that's how they make up. Because when she gets on the van, because they won't let the kids drive themselves to school, they have to ride in this little van. When she gets on the van to go to school instead of hang out with Mara all day, Mara goes, I'm not going to buy a beach house with you because we were told for some random reason at the very beginning of the movie that ever since they were children, they've had this fantasy of owning a beach house together. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But okay, but it wasn't solidified until she sent her the listing later. Well, no, they always wanted to do it. And then she's like, I'm not even going to do it anymore. But then like she comes back and she's like, hey, here's a listing for a beach house. And like, you okay. in. That was like how they, that was like how she like made up, you know? Okay, again, but drunken bender. I think it wasn't as, I feel like it was still just a dumb little spat. Like she was just being drunk. She was just being drunk. So Hannah kind of turned into an asshole when she said uh, that whole I'm going to blow up all over you guys thing to her parents after her parents were like, well, I want you to be alive. And she was like, bitch, I'm going to blow up on you. Yeah, uh, this is where she kind of hits rock bottom. This is also where she starts thinking that she might be Brad Dorf. Yeah, I, well, not exactly. She doesn't think she's has the power to uh, blow up and like you know like send uh, force yeah, yeah, yeah. blow up. I to mean, people. a much a much weaker version, but but yeah, like like she's the key. She's like she basically thinks she has a witch curse, and people are blowing up because of it, right? Yeah. So yeah, that that's going on, and then toward the end, we also find out that it's not just her; like everyone has that complex. Everyone, because... which. This I like. This is really good storytelling to me. Like, because you have that thing of like, oh, like, and you could you can use a lot of different examples, like, especially for, you know, people who like make any kind of art, you have this like imposter syndrome or even in your job, you can have imposter syndrome where like you just you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm just doing a really good job at fooling everyone into thinking that I am a good architect or fucking podcaster or you know whatever the fuck yeah really coming from my head huh i am but then we get to see mara have that moment where all these other people start saying things like oh no it was my fault no it was my fault no it was my fault and what was the the one girl's like, no, it's my fault because I didn't pray to Jesus enough or something. Well, she was the first one. She was like, oh, my God, Jesus. It's because of Jesus. And the other girl's just like, yeah, I like manifested all of you guys blowing up a little bit. So maybe I did right. that. So she has this awakening moment of like, hey, you're not the only person that feels this way. And it's not only just some people. In fact, it's almost fucking everybody. And we did have a few, like, clues earlier in the movie where, like, some emails are like, oh, well, Mara's always around for all of these, so maybe it's her, blah, blah. So, like, they kind of do build up that whole complex, but then they kind of, like, put it to rest in the end right here. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I like this. And then we get a really sad moment where Hannah Baker and Dylan's mom are both, like, laying on Dylan's headstone at the funeral. They have, like, this really long, like, sad talk, yada, yada. Dylan's mom is in the movie all of five minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. And just, like, the most amazing character. <laughs> uh, like, an incredible performance, too, honestly. Yeah, and just, like, the kind of person that, like, I want to have in my real life. <laughs> yeah, that shit was heavy. Like, that shit was very heavy. It was pretty crazy. But I'm not going to talk about all the specifics of the conversation because it's just all the stuff that I say when I'm in an episode. But uh, I kind of forgot about <laughs> the skull attacking her forehead uh, because when Dylan blew up, blew up, like, when she got that bandage on her head... Uh, fragment of his skull like jammed into oh, her and now she's just harry potter that's what that was 
Yeah, she's Harry Potter now, dude. Okay, yeah. Let's, yeah, bring in another fucking teen book series. Let's just keep them coming. And now, I mean, we're pretty much getting toward the end now. Um, People kind of just stop exploding, and there's no really explanation. She's just like, yeah, well, the government just keeps having me take these fucking pills. I'm pretty sure they just want me to pay for them forever. And that was also another thing when I was like, that's bullshit. I was like, they're making you pay for these pills? <laughs> like, Which, you know, that, that comes down to, like, you know, again, this is where I'm trying to maybe make something more deep than it even needs to be but this i'm like i'm like man what is this movie actually about like are we you know getting hints of like substance abuse and like uh opioids and like big pharma like where are we going like what's this movie about you know nah dude it's freddy versus jason (laughs) you didn't get that yet i no i haven't made that connection what's that sleep pillow called again sleep and mapania Oh, fuck. Hip- Hypnosil. Hypnosil? Hypnosil, yeah. Oh, look at us. We timed that out so good. <laughs> and that's not originally from Freddy vs. Jason. That was in Dream Warriors. That's where they got it from. Freddy vs. Jason, the one that kind of shoved it down your throat. Oh, it did more than that with it. It went further. <laughs> I mean, the whole movie, I feel like they said Hypnosil like more than a thousand times. I, th- I think they shoved it like down your throat through your intestines out your colon like they shoved it all the way through you remember that scene where like uh <laughs> freddie like nudged jason on the arm and he was like hey jason that hypnosil huh <laughs> so we're pretty much at the end of the movie uh things are kind of just all you and out you know we didn't talk about a lot of specifics but basically like the end of it is just a lot of hannah being a drunk you know having struggles with herself and you know Getting together with Dylan's mom, you know, going to a funeral, blah, blah, blah. Or not funeral, skipping the funeral, hanging right, out the headstone, right. blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, she kind of gives us a kill count at the end of the movie, which I wish more movies would just, you know, I wish a character would just pop and be like, hey, this many people died. That's kind of great, right? That would make it a lot easier just for me, just for like my own sake, like note taking side of things. I, I don't understand why every horror movie it doesn't at least just have it in the credits. Like, shouldn't it just be in the credits that's true that would be awesome actually like i don't know like it just seems like at like the a top no-brainer. of the credits just a kill count like before like all the credits start rolling like yeah. this many kills that would be awesome that's a great that's like so simple but a thing that should be implemented <laughs> like so it's surpri- also surprising that no movies tried it before as like a gimmick you know like i feel like i have heard of like a movie or two that have done i feel like maybe a zombie movie has done it before okay just like put put the number at the end yeah, you know, something like that, or maybe done, like, some kind of history lesson where, they're like, this many people were blah, blah, blah. Right, 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 right. But, yeah, I think, yeah, that should definitely be a thing. But, yeah, she gives us a kill count, and I will say, according to her kill count, I might have missed six. I don't know if, like, that was movie accurate, and they showed all of those, but I counted 25, and she said 31. So I feel like it could have been movie accurate, and there could have just been a few splats or double splats that I didn't hear that were, like, implied or maybe barely there. Because I feel like that was pretty close that it might be accurate, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it seems like with uh, some of the idiosyncrasies of this movie that that would be something that they would want to be accurate for some reason. Like, I feel like they would want that number to be accurate. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of feel like it is, but I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, my count was 25, but a lot of that was just sounding out splats. Yeah, I guess the the other thing, too, maybe maybe originally there was 31, but, like, some stuff had to get cut or something, but then they didn't have time to, like, go redo that voiceover. So, like, oh, we'll just leave the original number in there. Yeah, that's also fair, too. And then it's just implied, like, hey, there's double splats in there or something. 
if you want to see the other six, get the Blu-ray and watch the bonus features. But yeah, man, a monkey on a typewriter. It ends with a montage of fuck shit with dinosaurs and volcanoes and stuff. Yeah. Why? I I can't explain. It was just uh, quirky. That's what I... I don't want anyone to say it's just quirky to be quirky. Okay, so we have a man in a monkey suit on a typewriter. Weird and strange. Then we cut to this terrible, terrible T-Rex animation of the world getting hit by a meteorite. And I'm just like, why? And all the while, fucking Mara is, like, doing her, like, final, like goodbye narration monologue where it sounds like she hasn't learned anything or evolved as a person or changed whatsoever. (laughs) And it's just like, what? So what was the point, Mara? What was the point? Okay, but look at it this way. It's a movie about people blowing up. That's the point. There's no point. I don't like that answer. Yeah, I don't like the little montage at the end, and I did take off points for that. I'm not going to lie, but... um. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't hate this movie. It's I will say, I did not like talking about this movie whatsoever in the slightest. Like, this episode was not fun for me. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, man. There were some fun parts, for sure, but I I knew while I started watching this that I wasn't going to have that much fun talking about it. It's more of a movie that's like just like a guilty pleasure thing that like I like to watch. And like I don't know if I'm going like, to keep watching it all the time, but... If I'm ever in a mood where I'm like, I want to watch like things like 500 Days of Summer and Fall in Our Stars, Perks of Being a Wallflower, things like that, this would go in that rotation for sure. This would be like the thing where like I put on at the end and it moves me back into horror movies. But beside that, like, yeah, no, this is... Why would you do a podcast on this fucking movie? You made me do it. I gave you the option uh, before I even watched it when you were talking to me. You were like not even done with it yet. And I said... We could watch Altered States. We could do something else and just, like, mention this or something. That happened literally right whenever the montage of, like, 15 kills happened. And I was like, wait, never mind. Maybe we're turning a corner here. I gave you the option, all right? I gave you the option. <laughs> I don't think it's a movie that uh, doesn't deserve to be covered. I think it, it definitely does deserve to be covered. I would no, have never okay, watched it. Let me rephrase it. that. It is not a movie that doesn't deserve to be covered. It is a movie that shouldn't have been covered on this show. I don't necessarily think that either. Well, maybe I do. I probably like do a little think bit. That. Like uh, part of this movie <laughs> should have been covered on this show. Part of it is just like I, I what I realized from this movie is that I really respect people that have just like romance or like love story, like podcasts or something, because there's a lot of repetitive stuff that like in any other like I I just my instinct is to skip it. My instinct is this is a cliche. This is something that's talked about all the time. And even in like a lot of horror movies too, like I might lightly mention stuff, but even when I'm writing notes for regular horror movies, I skip a lot of cliche dumb stuff that I don't want to talk about unless it's so dumb that I want to talk about it. But I feel like romance movies don't really very often have that thing where it's like, Oh, this is so ridiculous that I need to talk about. It's usually just like, this is a cliche moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So that's how I feel about it. It's not like, this is a good movie to cover on a romance podcast or something. Like, it's a good, like, the edgy version of your romance movies. Like, this is, like, your bonus episode. Like, hey, we're doing something different. Your Halloween episode. Yeah, something like that, you know? It's not something I'd usually cover here again, and it's definitely something I'm going to steer away from. But, you know, follow up to Brad Dorff, Spontaneous Combustion. Uh, this is Combustion. <laughs> or uh, Spontaneous? This is Spontaneous. 
whatever. Um, yeah, let's do a fuck Mary kill. I don't know how to do it on this. Really, it's kind of hard. Um, we're gonna do the uh the human slushy BMX body. Um, we're gonna do um 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 fuck. We'll just we'll just do that FBI director chick or whatever. Actually, no, we'll do her we'll do her uh her rear view window that got destroyed by the bottle. <laughs> and then me. I don't know how to answer this. Okay. Um Human slushy destroyed window with the bottle. You could give her to you could put a bolt together and then me. Okay. I will kill the slushy body. Okay. I will fuck you. Okay. And I will marry the broken rear windshield. You do have to kiss it at the wedding. I will. Okay. Intently. Like, you're probably going to cut your lip a lot. Uh, at one time. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's my choices. That's good. What do we... Do you recommend this? No, I do not. <laughs> I knew the answer to that. <laughs> I do not I do not recommend it. I'm not even saying that it's a terrible movie. Um I might I here's the thing. I wouldn't recommend this to most people. There are select people in my life who I could recommend this to. Probably yeah, yeah. like two or three people I can think of off the top of my head. I feel like your wife would watch this. Yes. Yeah, you could recommend this to your wife for sure. One hundred percent. And her name is also Hannah. Is it is her last name Baker? No, it is not. And she isn't great at baking either so doesn't really <laughs> call her out why don't you <laughs> oh i'm not saying that i'm any better okay so what do you what do you rate this i wrote down my rating before we even started this is a two star movie okay that's about what i thought you were gonna go but i thought you might have went a little lower but okay i mean i that's what i expected from you yeah i thought about a star and a half and i was like you know what no it's at least a two star movie like it's a fine like even though it's not for you like it's a fine movie. I will I will never ever watch it again. Yeah, I kind of expected that. I'd I'd watch it again. I don't <laughs> I don't mind this movie. I'm fine with it. Um I'd personally give it a three and a half. All right. I think I think that's a fair. Like I I almost went four, but there's like there's a little too much dragging for me and the the ending and some of like a lot, pretty much all the complaints that you have went into exactly why mine was down. But it's just like I liked it a little more than you. So like. It's fine to me, but literally all of the complaints you have are the reasons that it is down a half or a star to half. Sure. Yeah. Like it's uh, there's there's we dislike the same things, but the things that are good about the movie, you just appreciate more than I do. Exactly. That's really all it goes down to. That's fair. So uh, I haven't done this in a few episodes, but I need to get on these because I think uh, I did a thing where I thanked some Patreons and I think there was like, I don't remember why, but there was some reason why I didn't put it in the episode or maybe I put it in like a Patreon or something like that, but not the one that went out. I can't remember what the reason was, but I might be thanking a few people double right now and I'm pretty sure because I think I recognize some of these names. So if I mention you twice uh, or if this took a little while, uh, this is my very confusing reasoning. It's really not a like... It's just my fault, really, but I'm going to get into it. Anyway, thank you so much to Bex Lane, who I know for sure I have met 
mentioned on the screen podcast before i still think you sound like a really cool villain like from a comic book so like i like yeah. that bex lane uh i have jalisha smith i hope that is jalisha jalisha uh you sound like you're in that movie uh mr and mrs smith do you have a secret double life i don't know about i don't know autumn m you are that motherfucker that started dating joseph gordon levette after uh summer left that's crazy anthony carrera he has been the dude that has been uh picking all the weird stuff lately uh krampus and that one weird fucking they come to the dark uh they come knocking whatever the into the dark hulu bullshit anthony you're a cool guy thank you anthony caroline martinez uh caroline caroline that's that song that white people love uh rebecca ramos rebecca ramos you are almost uh, the fucking ramest ramen uh teresa horton here's a who <laughs> it's crazy mckenna you don't have a last name that I could do something off of. Uh, what's a what's a McKenna thing? McKenna? McKenna! Thanks, McKenna. Uh, and you can find all of James' stuff. Night Shift video. Check out his show. He's been rebranding lately, doing stuff with our friend Devante, doing cool stuff. I did a little voice on uh, one of his first episodes. He's going to be dropping, like, uh, yeah, by the time tomorrow. this episode's out, it'll be yeah. out. Yeah, it'll be tomorrow, and this is coming out, like, days later. So it'll be out. Go check that out. Night Shift video. Go follow his Instagrams, all those good stuff. And then uh, my Instagram, uh, Horse Soup. Uh, Twitter, Horse Soup Sucks. Bonus episodes, other content, and other things. Ability to pick a movie at patreon.com slash horrorsoup. Letterbox is at horrorsoupcaleb. And, uh, uh, James, uh, tell the people. Goodbye. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horrorsoup, give me, give me horrorsoup. Give it, give it horrorsoup. Horrorsoup. Would you like some bread. I'll do you a slice with a pinch of salt. It'll taste really nice. You've done really well, cause this stuff tastes just like hell. Swallow it down, it'll fill up a hole. Stick out your tongue and lick out your bowl. We're having a bite with creatures of the night. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it horror soup, horror soup. Horror soup will keep you well fed, its gorgeous smell could wake the dead. Vegetable is just forgettable, if your energy's low you know what to do. Simply double on down some of this spooky Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it horror soup. Horror soup. Let me be your Sweeney Todd, your private chef. I'll be your just dessert.